We have football, Mr. Spielman. Right. At long last, we have football. Not just uh, speculation about football, but actual football. Miami, um, even though Florida tried to give them the game, could not. We'll have Ohio State football on Saturday. We had Browns football, or, well, I guess Freddie Kitchens is hoping that's not real Browns football. On Friday night against the Bucks, we have a Bengals exhibition game, and we have the retirement of Andrew Luck. All to talk about here on first official edition of Spielman and Hooley podcast, but we couldn't wait. We had to get our Bengals, Browns, and Buckeyes season previews out because there's just too much to talk about. There is, and I think it's the second time of year. And You know, I think that the football world, at least from the people that I follow on Twitter and the news and obviously with my job with the NFL, was shocked last night with the retirement of Andrew Luck. And uh, I was thinking a lot about it. And initially... I know that some fans would think, how can a guy walk away from that kind of money? Well, yeah. first of all, you got to have that kind of money to walk away from that kind of money. Yes, you do. Which makes that decision a little bit easier. But knowing Andrew Luck, and, and I've talked to him personally and, and had a chance to sit down with him a few times, it, it was gut-wrenching for the decision that he had to make. And I don't know if people can grasp uh, how hard and difficult that is. I'm not saying it, it takes a lot of courage to do that, but it's still very difficult, especially when you're in your prime. And he was just entering his prime at 29 years of age. I think he'll be 30 on September 6th. Well, it's too bad because just last year he was comeback player of the year. And his numbers were crazy last year. This is a guy who probably from the time his dad was a quarterback in college. Dad was an NFL quarterback, not as good as Andrew, but you know we all know Andrew Luck's record at Stanford. The kid's been playing football and probably was the best football player or the guy with the you know most spotlight on him since, I don't know, whenever he started, whenever he picked up a football. Yeah. And this is not a career-ending injury, right? It's like a, an accumulation of injuries. It almost feels like it's broken his spirit. It's broken his football spirit. Yeah. And there, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and first of all, just to uh, put, fill in a few blanks, Oliver Luck is his father. Right. Oliver Luck... Uh, Nat was former athletic director down at West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Oliver Luck is now the commissioner of the, the soon-to-be XFL. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if Andrew's going to have some type of role into the XFL. Uh, I, I am not removing the possibility of him coming back and playing. No, that's the first thing I thought was how long before we hear that Andrew Luck has had second thoughts or that some team is trying to lure him back. But we think about that now. Like years ago, that would be unheard of, right? Now, I mean, I don't think it's a problem. Guys skip a year, two years, reevaluates where am I in my thought process. And the reasons Andrew gave were very legitimate reasons because I actually uh, have experienced those thoughts and and what it's like. And, and for example, it, the, the, the rehab. It's just grinding on him, and I think he felt, and I could be wrong, but this is all speculation on my part. I think he felt like I'm letting the team down. I'm letting the city of Indianapolis down. I'm, I'm letting Ursays down. I'm, I'm, I'm letting Chris Ballard, the GM, down, Frank Reich, the head coach, all these guys that believe me, I can't play. But then people would say that, well, then rehab hard and come back. I, I think he's tired. From what I read, he's tired. I Get untired, some well, wise man I, said. Look. <laughs> I'm with you. But Get I, untired. I am with you on getting untired, but I think if, if I know this about professional football, if your mind and heart and soul is not into the game, you cannot play at the level that you want to play. It's impossible. Uh, we thinking about these retirements, sudden retirements. You go back to a guy that you were familiar with. Just because you're a tad bit older than me, Jim Brown retired suddenly, right? Yep. Guy that I played with for eight years, left the Lions 
Barry Sanders, if your heart and soul is not in it, you cannot play this game because if you try to play this game with your heart and soul and it's not in it, you're going to get hurt. Yeah. Or you're not going to live up to the responsibility and obligation that you have to your team to give it your all. And if his heart was not in it, he made a very unselfish decision, in my opinion, to retire and walk away. Uh, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not stunned. I'm surprised. But because of who he is, like the Stanford background, a little more cerebral, I can't say I'm stunned. I mean, would it surprise me if he goes on to be involved like a very successful businessman or anything? No, it wouldn't. I just, there are other quarterbacks who could retire suddenly that would stun me. His doesn't stun me because he always seems to have had a little different um, twist to his personality. Does that make sense? Yeah, in what what kind of way? Well, just the academic side. Just, I mean, you know, he came from Stanford. His dad's a professional You know, his dad's been with the NCAA. His dad's done a lot of things. I think the new, I think a new mental adventure may really excite Andrew Luck more than it might excite some other quarterbacks who are just it's all football. Well, when a quote is, uh, "I'm not living the life I want to live," yeah, I'm tired of rehabbing. Yeah. It's taking a toll on me. And and if it's if football isn't who you are, so, so I think the benefit that Andrew had, and you know this well, and people that are tuning into this broadcast may or may not know this. One thing about me. From a, a, a very young age, I defined myself totally as a football player. That was it. I mean, from the time growing up. Read about it. Yeah, that's, that's right in here. Chris and Stephanie Spielman's story. The whole story is in there. And I was even uh, the great writer from Detroit, Michigan, Mitch Album. I know you know Mitch. Mm-hmm. Mitch is certainly a well-respected writer and an uh, author of many books. I did a sit-down interview with Mitch one time. And I, and I think about my answer. And I look back at my answer. And I'm, I'm quite embarrassed by it now. But at the time, it was so very true. And he said, define yourself as a person. And I define myself as this. I'm a football player. I'll coach football. Then I will die. That's who I am. And I was married with kids at the time. So there was nothing about the faith aspect in my life. There was nothing about the husband aspect in my life. Because the first original thought came to my mind was, what are you, Chris? I'm a football player. Well, Andrew, I think, doesn't define himself as that. And to be honest with you, I've, I'm not saying the money is different now or than it, than it was later, but I think, you know, making the money that the guys do now, and I'm happy that they make the money. Sure, you sure. know I've been. No, you uh, are, yeah. I'm a big proponent of guys making as much as they can, why they can while playing this game. Uh, it's a little bit easier for, for them to make that decision. I think of another sudden retirement, and certainly not on the level of, of Jim Brown or Barry Sanders or Andrew Luck, but I just talked to this young man two days ago because he's doing something down in Dayton for a Dayton relief program, a kid by the name of Chris Borland, sure. who had a bright future as a linebacker with the San Francisco 49ers, had a couple of concussions. I think he freaked out a little bit and made the conscious decision to walk away. I couldn't make that decision. Uh, I'm glad that Barry and, and uh, Andrew and Jim Brown and Chris Borland, they were able to make that decision because if that's what gives them peace, then God bless them for it. All right, this next gentleman we're going to talk about is not a player, but it's somewhat injury-related. His retirement was somewhat surprising, and it percolates. uh, The Andrew Luck story percolates on the same weekend Urban Meyer transitions into his new career. There'll be a new career for Andrew Luck at some point. I don't think he's going to sit around and play golf or do whatever. But Urban made his debut on Fox, and you're a Fox analyst. Do you get any vibe from the people at Fox as to how they think Urban did? Well, I actually um, uh, talked to 
two people at Fox that are intimately involved with Urban Meyer directly. And they, he superseded expectations. I had a chance to watch him. He's a natural in the studio. I don't know if he's a natural game analyst mm -hmm. because coaches are, are take a, a while to process information. Mm -hmm. And so when you're able to process information, uh, he's perfect for the studio. I don't, you've made a great point I want you to hit on. But the other thing with, with Urban is, look, Fox doesn't back down from anybody, right? Fox Sports, Fox News, whatever Fox it is, they're not backing down no. from anybody. They have one goal and one goal in mind. And that, that's the world number. domination. Well, well, yeah, yeah. it's in their it's, in it's, their neck of the woods. Uh, world domination. I mean, Why not? I just watched a um, miniseries on Showtime called The Loudest Voice, and it's about the rise and fall of Fox and mm -hmm. and Roger Ailes for all the good things Roger Ailes did, and of course all the horrific things Roger Ailes did as far as the sexual harassment mm -hmm. and all those types of things that went on. But it's just interesting that the Fox mentality is to be number one. And so in order to be number one, and who's their target, right? Game day is the target sure. of that particular show with uh, Rob Stone, Reggie Bush, Matt Leiner, and of course, Urban Meyer. So Reggie Bush isn't going to turn the channel from game day, right? You would not think so. Uh, Matt Leiner, even though both those guys are USC guys, they're not turning from game day to get Matt Leiner. Brady Quinn like, might get people to turn the channel. And Brady Brady's Quinn. on there. Yeah, well, Brady's. By the way, Brady retweeted the uh, Spielman Hooley podcast. Thanks, Brady. Yeah, Appreciate and, that. And Brady's brilliant. But so, but I think Brady's as, as good as there is in the business to me. He's got everything, too, right? Yeah. He's got the good looks. He's, he does. He's smart. He prepares. He studies. But he does prepare. Which, he works hard. He's oh, on like every net. I know. We got to get him on our podcast uh, yeah. because he's everywhere else. <laughs> well, the, but the thing for Fox that you know, they needed to make a hire, right? So, they, and who do they go get? Well, I mean, you know, oh, let's see. We're sitting around the big boardroom, the big oak table. All right, we're going to clear three hours off the decks here. We got to add a big name to our debut college football show that's going to go out. Uh, oh wait, Urban Meyer's available. We got Urban. Oh, we got Urban. Okay, it's, meeting adjourned. It's funny. I mean, it's nobody else you want. It's funny that you say debut because that show's been on the air for a number of years. But they're going out on campus this year. That's well, uh, like the new thing. I thought not. They're going for. They went from Miami and Florida, Oklahoma, Texas, okay, Ohio State, Michigan. Okay, well they're going. To, well, they're taking it on the road. Yeah. But here's the thing. I mean, I don't know. Like game day, there was a couple mistakes yesterday, and so it. The TV business, and I don't know if you're aware of it because you've been around yeah. me, it's cutthroat and extremely competitive. I, I, I don't want to put you in a position to have to evaluate game day. we got a lot of football well, to I mean, get they made to. some mistakes. Desmond made a joke, and okay. it wasn't my, my The only thing I saw, I was at the gym. I was working out. I saw game day. There was a feature I really wanted to see, and so I you know, called home and had my girls record it because I, my dish app wasn't working. Right. But the next shot that I saw was seven guys having a roundtable discussion. Seven guys having any kind of discussion on TV is too many guys. And I would say that and I would say that of any kind of show that there is. So I would tell them, you know, more is less yeah. with their analysts. But if you have uh, Leinert Bush, Urban, and Brady Quinn and Rob Stone point guarding the yeah. thing. I could probably take one USC guy. You got one USC guy, one Notre Dame guy. I don't have a beef with any either no. or liner. No. But I mean, if you have Brady Quinn, you don't need Matt Liner. You got a running back, you got a quarterback, you got a coach, and you got Rob Stone. So, you know, uh, we'll see how it goes. But uh, Urban's debut, I'm not surprised he's really good at it. No. And, uh, and I wouldn't 
the thing about him is he's driven to get better, so he's going to get better. He is, and I, I have it on good authority that he really is enjoying what he's doing. I think when he worked with me at ESPN, there was this natural itch. I mean, an itch that needed to be scratched, and that itch was, I, I'm going back to coaching. Sure. I, I, don't, I don't think it's there now. I really, and I don't say that lightly. I mean, I think he really enjoys it. I think the fact that uh, the pregame show at Fox, the college football pregame show at Fox, has as a goal, right? It's and ESPN knows this, and this is what I, I also loved about ESPN. They knew they were number one. They knew that people were coming after them, and they talked about that. That's that's why I think there's some satisfaction in competitors like me or competitors like Urban or or guys that want to or like Herbie who, mm-hmm. who was I thought did a phenomenal job. Yeah, last always, night. Always, always does. does. Always does. Uh, that that to me that. You know, these guys understand that it's a contest and it's okay for it to be a contest and it's okay to compete and it's okay to go after the big dog. Everybody knows that game day is the big dog. Go after the big dog. And, and you know, quite frankly, game days does some amazing things. Some of the, fe- the features are phenomenal. They are phenomenal. Well, it'd be, a, it'd be a dumb goal for Fox to say we want to be the number two college football pregame show. No, it's not. I mean, there is, there's no third. Well, so, you I mean, think if you're going to be, if you're going to have a goal, like, be the best. Well, think of the money that they spent, right? They yeah. spent money on, on the Big Ten. So, they're getting Ohio State, Michigan, mm-hmm. right? They're getting Texas, Oklahoma, which is a huge rivalry. And all, also, I think they get the, their choice. They own the Big Ten network. So I'm mean, sure you need network on that uh, statement. <laughs> yes. Well done. All right. Uh, let's talk about a guy that, uh, you know, is in a big time spotlight situation. We touched on Ryan Day in our debut. So yeah. let's transition to the guy that uh, Ryan Day really, really liked or he wouldn't be here as a transfer. And if he's not really, really good. Justin Fields is going to make Brian Day's first season really, really challenging. So Justin Fields against Florida Atlantic this Saturday, I have heard, and I don't know this is true. I don't know this is untrue. I just was reading about Justin Fields, the Georgia transfer, the starting quarterback for Ohio uh, State against Florida Atlantic. I thought it was interesting. Brian Day said he's going to start against Florida Atlantic, not beyond. But we assume that he'll start beyond. I don't know what that means. The characterization, coach speak again. somebody said... Justin Fields is a better thrower than JT Barrett. Not as good a thrower as Dwayne Haskins, but a better runner than Dwayne Haskins. And is that accurate? Is he a better thrower than JT Barrett? I think he is a better runner than Dwayne Haskins because that's not a high bar to get over. No. Uh, I don't know if he's a better thrower. Here's the numbers. JT Barrett, JT Barrett 2018 with Ryan Day. The reason I picked JT Barrett in 2018 is because he's with Ryan Day, not because of JT Barrett freshman. So here's JT Barrett. Makes sense. 2018. 3,000 passing yards, 35 touchdowns, nine interceptions. (laughs) That's pretty good. Ran for 800 yards, 798, and 12 touchdowns. So is Justin Fields a guy that's going to put up 4,000 yards total offense? 40 touchdowns with only nine interceptions. Let's, I just rounded the numbers. 4,049 interceptions. So if he puts those numbers up, guess what we're talking about again? Big 10 Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, yeah, probably. Right. Yeah. And uh, Heisman yeah. Trophy candidate? Uh, in top 10? Yes. Yeah. Top 10? Yeah. And so is that a product of the offense? Here's, here's what I know. I think Justin Fields is an extremely talented guy. Is he going to sling it like Dwayne Askins? No. No, but remember last year 
when we were on regular radio and we were breaking down Dwayne Haskins and, and we said that we think he can throw the ball. Mm-hmm. We think he can see the field. Well, you knew he could. I mean, you saw Dwayne Haskins play a but, spring game and you predicted everything he was going to accomplish and you were dead on the money. But I knew he could only from uh, – but I didn't know if he could do it when the lights are on and the game's yeah, counted. That's true. And, true. And, but I had all indications that he could. So what I know about – Justin Fields is that he's he's a very good passer on short and intermediate routes. So with that type of offense that was run with JT Barrett, yeah. you had to be accurate with the football. Because why? What is what does Ohio State like to do, Bruce? They love to get the ball. I'm I'm asking you a question. I'm answering the question for no, you. That's but, fine. but they love to get the ball into the in into space with their athletes and let their athletes do the work. Of course. And get him out there and on so the edge, one-on-one, miss a, guy misses a tackle, they're, they're gone. gone. And they have a tremendous group of skilled players. A beautiful group. I mean, it's and they're so deep. The thing, so for, for fans to think, okay, well, we're not going to have, we're not, they're not going back to the Dwayne Haskins offense. They don't have that guy in Justin Fields. They do have a JT Barrett. Now, what I'm told is that he is a better runner than JT Barrett. A He's better a runner than JT Barrett. A better runner than JT Barrett. And so you're going to see an offense. JT Barrett, really good runner. What it is, is people that have followed Ohio State football, and I'm sure most of our listeners do, they know what the Urban Meyer perfect quarterback is. Yes. And that's what they have in Justin Fields. You have a running back quarterback. You don't have a quarterback running back. But didn't we get the feeling with Dwayne Haskins that Ryan Day didn't love the zone read and – you know, there was this clamoring in the middle of last year, more zone read, more zone read. And when they had trouble in short yardage, that was not Haskins' forte. But we all thought Ryan Day becoming the head coach would mean the end of the zone read or much less zone read. So now if Justin Fields is a better runner than JT Barrett, and I'm not ready to say that's true because JT, I was one of your <laughs> what? I, I wasn't a harsh critic. No, you, you were, I was you. a realistic evaluator. Uh but as a runner on short yardage, JT Barrett was Great. money in the bank. Great. If Justin Fields is a better runner than JT Barrett, Justin Fields is a very accomplished runner. I'm telling you, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I'll say it right now. I think he is I, without any obviously proof because Justin hasn't been on the field for Ohio State. But I'm gonna say that he's a better runner than JT Barrett. I think he's more explosive. He's bigger. He's more powerful. I don't know if he – one of the things JT had was great patience, and JT was uh, uh, s- strong, was J- sneaky strong. Here's what I recall. This is my – Great balance. This is it. my thought on JT as a passer. When he was a freshman and did not have to worry about looking over his shoulder, his timing and willingness to get rid of the ball was much better. When the Cardale Jones thing intruded yeah. – JT began to worry about making mistakes. He began to hold the ball. Justin Fields just throws the ball on time. There's no doubt about the weapons he so, has. I mean, I can't even name all their wide receivers. They have Austin Mack and KJ Hill and Chris Olave and the freshman Garrett Wilson, and they got tight ends and they got J.K. Dobbins out of the backfield. He has plenty of weapons. Just yeah. if he can throw the ball on time. I don't know if he can throw it accurately because if he could throw it accurately, he would have played more at Georgia than he did. I don't, yeah, I mean, well, Strom is pretty good. Jake Fromm, yeah. Yeah, so, or thank you, Jake Fromm. Um, I do think, though, with Ryan, you mentioned the point. Ryan's going to run an offense with the players that he has. I think the sign of a great coach is, 
you know, you don't you don't try to force your offense on and asking players to do something Amen. that they can't that do. That is the mark of a great You player. find what your players <laughs> do well, and you exploit that crap out of what that's they right. do well. That's, that's right. And I think that's what Ryan's going to probably end up doing. Defensively, uh, I think Ryan Day is going to benefit uh, big time, and so are the co-defensive coordinators, uh, Halfley and Madison, from the fact that Urban Meyer just recruited – uh, SEC type athletes, they're deep all along the defensive line. Linebacker is going to be the thing. That's your thing. Uh, can you give an assessment? Linebackers took a ton of criticism last year. Tough Borland, who was coming back from an Achilles. Pete Werner took a ton of criticism. Greg Schiano's system took a ton of criticism. Just looking back, what did you see? And were people maybe too harsh, or were they on the money with? Their I think criticism? the numbers speak for themselves. I think if you would ask Greg Schiano, or if you ask those players, uh, I think. Regardless if one guy played well or one guy didn't play well, it was never 11 guys playing well together. You look at the amount of points that was given up by an Ohio State defense. And I, and, and believe me, I get the day and age of college football. Sure, sure, that sure. But when Maryland hangs half a hundred. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean there, there's, those are, those are issues. Unacceptable. So now you bring in uh, Jeff Halfley mm-hmm. from San Francisco 49ers. I'm very familiar with the 49ers. Scheme. If you know what the 49ers run, if you remember the Legion of Boom from the Seattle Seahawks, right? It's a lot of eight-man fronts. Uh, right now, they'll, they'll probably play 70% what they call big nickel. So we'll see Brendan White actually playing a linebacker position. But I think he might be the key to the whole defense. So, he, yeah, he actually probably, if you look at their starting lineup, I don't think you'll see Brendan on there, but Brendan will end up playing the majority of the plays. Because he can play linebacker, he can play safety, yeah. he can play corner. It's, and he's be, really a versatile And because of the offenses that these teams face, yeah. uh, that's what he'll be playing. Uh, I do think uh, they'll be better. Chase Young is the guy that's the, the star. Uh, I was talking to a former coach about Chase Young uh, and how good can he be and speed, size, tenacity, all that. I don't know instinctively if he's like the Boses because the Boses had a that little extra. Oh, my dad was a defensive lineman yeah. in the NFL. They were raised to be defensive linemen yeah, so, at the time they started playing football. So but that's I do a bit think, of an advantage. Yeah, I do think Chase uh, has his poise to have a, a great year. And the, the beautiful thing about it is Ohio State and has so many guys in depth, and they just come at you in waves, mm-hmm. and they tend to wear an offensive line down. So I'm excited to see the defense. I think they'll be much better. I think the secondary will be fine. Uh, healthy Jordan Fuller will be fine. I, I just think overall their depth and their talent. And I do, if I were Greg Madison or Halfley or Larry Johnson or any of the defensive coaches, um, the first thing I would say last year wasn't even close to being good enough. It wasn't. It wasn't. Oh, it wasn't. If, that. Felt, yeah, but I, I, I wouldn't run from that. I wouldn't say, oh, it's a whole new year. Let's forget about everything. I put it on. This is not good enough. These numbers aren't good enough. Yeah. This is who you are. This is the definition of what your defense is right now, today, heading into Florida Atlantic University in the opener. This is who you are as a defense. What are you going to do to change it? Not two schools of thought and philosophy of doing that. That's just how I would do it. Well, speaking of teams that uh, have high aspirations, the Cleveland Browns uh, Friday night played the Tampa Bay Bucks in an exhibition game. It's Bruce Arians' debut. Uh, the Browns were not impressive, and Freddie Kitchens was not happy. Baker Mayfield was 10 of 26. Now, I watched because I wanted to see their offense, and instead I got Baker Mayfield and a bunch of guys 
uh, fighting to make the team. I didn't see Odell. I didn't see Jarvis Landry. I didn't see David Njoku. I didn't see Nick Chubb. What I saw was Baker Mayfield's footwork was all messed up. The offensive line, though, was there, and they weren't very good. No. If the offensive line is not very good, that is not something that you can work around without big-time issues in the NFL. So look at look around the league and look at the skilled players around the league. There's only probably, what, one or two teams that don't have, like, skilled players that jump off the uh, off, off the depth chart. I mean, you, you look at Cleveland with those guys. Uh, we'll say the Vikings. You have Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook, Adam Thielen, Stephon mm-hmm. Diggs, you know, uh, Kyle Brady, or what's a tight end? Kyle uh, Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph. Uh, guys like that. Or you go to uh, the Steelers and the talent that they have, and especially when they had Antonio, whatever. But it, it's, it doesn't matter about the skill positions if that offensive line isn't in shape. And to me, and I read Freddie Kitchen, I watched the game and I read Freddie Kitchen's comments very closely because he was critical of mm-hmm. everybody. And the thing that I liked was that he was most critical of himself. And when I talk about of himself, I also mean the coaching staff. We're obviously not getting the message across. Either we're asking these guys to too much, do too much, but they're not getting done what we're asking them to get done. That starts with me, but it also starts with them. Now, is it easier to execute with great skilled players? Yes, because they will cover up mistakes. OBJ will, will make a catch and, and take a five-yard gain and turn it into a 15-yard gain because he's going to have to run after catch, just like Jarvis Landry. Yeah. Nick Chubb, who was a guy that you were a big uh, proponent of was. coming out, uh, will, will make the eighth man or the extra man in the box miss and take a three-yard gain and turn it into a seven-yard gain. These are all the hidden yards that we talk about. So ba- Baker Mayfield... What we learned is that Baker Mayfield is not a Tom Brady level where he elevates everybody else around him yet. Not yet. But I think he can get there. But when you put Jarvis Landry and and Joku and Chubb and and, uh, OBJ around him, I think the sky's the limit for this offense. But what people aren't talking about is we just talked about the Ohio State defense, the definition of, of uh, the team, the other side of the ball. Yes. They weren't good. They were 30th. On defense last year, you're talking 30th about. 30th in total defense. Yeah, they well. gave up 25 points a game. They were 28th in rush defense, over 135 yards a game. You're not going, you're going, that's a 7 and 9 football team. What saved them on the defensive side last year was that they were plus 7 in turnovers. So that covers up a lot of warts on those three. That's the great Greg Williams. That's what that is. Yes. No longer there. Should have been head coach. Uh, I do have some sad news for you, though, regarding the Browns' defense. What's that? Actually, it's regarding your place in the Browns' defensive history. (laughs) I got a vibe, although it's preseason, it may not mean anything. Olivier Vernon may be the reason people start wearing 54 jerseys. I hope so. Brown Stadium instead of you. Boy, Olivier Vernon. Damn. Well, he and Miles Garrett, right? So They were good. So Olivier Vernon signed big money a couple years ago with the New York Giants mm-hmm. and underperformed, right? So he's getting a second shot with the Browns because the Giants would not let Olivier Vernon go if he's he was a productive pass rusher. Correct? I mean, how many teams... He left? looked like he had something to prove Friday. That, but that's what you want, right? <laughs> yeah. And he looked he looked tremendous. And Miles Garrett's going to be Miles Garrett. I, I think Miles Garrett is only going to get better. 
and better. Um, Titans left tackle. That's the Browns playing their season up there. Titans left tackle. Taylor Lewan, former Michigan yeah. guy, lost his lost his yeah. appeal. So they're going to be coming at the Browns in in Brown Stadium uh, without yeah. a starting left tackle. It's not a good thing if you're Marcus Mariota. So I actually uh, get to see the Browns. And their final preseason. Not really. Not really. You, don't, you don't really get to see the Browns. No, I won't. You can see guys wearing Browns uniforms. <laughs> That's what you get to see. Fourth preseason game for the important. <laughs> do you, do the you prepare a flip card for the fourth preseason game? Oh, I have to. I guess you do. But the preseason. Why don't you just do numbers? 83 down there. Looked pretty good on that. Because I'm a pro. <laughs> that way. And, that yeah, way. and I would kick myself. But <laughs> the, the difference is, though, in, in preseason, I'm like, my. The people that are watching is it's like how the Browns have their own mm. local broadcast for the state of sure, Ohio. Sure, sure. So the Lions are local broadcasts for the mm-hmm. state of Michigan plus Toledo, and that's you. I thought you and who? Ohio, so we, I thought we won the battle of Toledo. Yeah, but the, thought, maybe we did win. And we no, had I to, thought that was the thing. I asked somebody that Ohio State, Ohio, Ohio, Michigan got an award, and a loser got Toledo. Is that true? <laughs> that's what I thought. Is that the true story? <laughs> I thought true. Here it is, anyway. Okay, so uh, that is Thursday night. Browns and Lions. Yeah. If you didn't know, I'd hate for you to show up Friday. It's Thursday. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Bengals couldn't run the ball. I don't, there's not much to say about the Bengals uh, other than it's gonna Michael be Jordan starting at tackle. Michael Jordan. Uh, guard. He started a guard the other night. He started a guard. guard. Yeah. yeah. He got his opportunity and he took advantage of it. So yeah. good for him. That'll be a good get for them. Billy Price needs that. I'm surprised Billy Price didn't have a better year last year, but he had an injury. Yeah, the injury. Coming and so hopefully, uh, two Buckeyes on the starting line for the Cincinnati. We'll see. Okay. Uh, you can email the show, Podcast at gmail.com. You can sign up on virtually any podcast platform, Google Play Music. iTunes is coming. Boy, they take a long time at iTunes. Uh, we got SoundCloud. We've got Spreaker. Uh, we what, have what Stitcher. Yeah, Spreaker. We're, I think we're going to sign up at iHeart. Our first email, speaking of iHeart, comes from Joe in Grove City. He says, guys, what happened to the zone, why is it not a sports station anymore? You want to handle that? We needed more classic rock. <laughs> yes, they needed more classic rock. City of Columbus. Yeah. We were not in on the decision. We just say this the people at the zone were great to us, people at iHeart were great yeah. to us. Uh, I do not at all regret That is exactly right. You know, you hear that old saying, it's not personal, it's no, just business. It, it was not personal, it was just business. And this kind of stuff happens in radio. I'm always. grateful to the people at iHeart. Absolutely. They, they yeah. did everything they could. We did everything we could. And we were, I think we were profitable, just not profitable enough. And I understand that. And uh, I, I'm grateful for the opportunity. And uh, I'm just glad to be working with you again. I think it's a little different format because one thing we can do on here that we can't do, and I don't know if we're winding down. You're the clock No, manager. no, we got time. There's no clock in the podcast. Oh, so one thing I wanted to say is, so we've talked about this show also having a little bit of faith base. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's our job to expose what we believe but not impose what we believe. So your daughter's undergone some injuries. Correct. Right? My daughter, who was going to Bowling Green on the third practice over the summer, first time up at Bowling Green, blew her ACL. Mm. Somebody ran into her. Usually girls with ACLs, there's non-contact injury. Dr. Pete Edwards did a surgery at Orthopedic One. 
Orthopedic One, if you'd like to be a partner. <laughs> yeah, we'd love to have Orthopedic I've One. I've already paid you enough money, so. You know, I just sent uh, another ACL, uh, I don't know if you're a victim, but ACL sufferer to Dr. Pete last week, and Dr. Pete uh, did a phenomenal job on it. The parents were talking to me yeah. today at church saying what a great guy Pete is, and uh, their awesome. facility's awesome at the corner of uh, Bethel and Sawmill. So, yeah, if you need anything orthopedic, Orthopedic One will throw you this free one here. But yeah. Mace is getting uh, got her surgery at Orthopedic yeah, she's One. Doing, she's doing well in recovery, and we were talking about it. And, you know, as a parent, you're so angry when your child gets hurt. I, I mean, I've... Helpless. Had, it's helpless. I've, I've, yeah, it's like I, I'm, I'm so angry, and I've learned something. And I wonder if any other dads experience this. And it's something that's both uh, happy and sad. I asked Mace, you know, all right, here's, I said to her, all right, your, your enemy now is, is rehab. You attack it every day like it's a game. You got to get back there. Maybe if you're lucky, you can get back on the, on the court to practice with the team by the end of the season. What do you think? She said, Dad, this is my chance to learn how to be an encourager. I've never been an encourager for my basketball team because I've always had, I mean, I've been an encourager, but I've always been a, the lead guy. Now, now um, on the end of the bench, I probably won't get to go to all the games, but I can still be there for my uh, teammates. So I thought to myself, how sad, but how happy I am, but how sad is it that we start learning life lessons from our children? You know, and well, it's humbling. I don't know that it's sad. I would say it's humbling. Thank you. Well, you're the wordsmith okay. of, the, of the duo, so yes, I'll take humbling. humbling. Humbling it is. But I also know that, and any of you that have gone through these ACL injuries, and you just go on any website or any football website, right? Hey, torn ACL, Lamar yeah. Miller, All Houston Texans. Just yeah. it, it's it's All everywhere. You know, but I I, I just uh, you know the I, I lost sleep. Sure, of course. I mean, I didn't sleep for three days. I because it. I just wake up and say, why did this happen? And, you know, I don't have the woe is me thing. I get it at sports. We all get that. But, mm-hmm. you know, when it hits right at home, man, it's, it's tough. It's, it's Well, when it's your kids, it's you can't fix it. No, that's, that's, that's the thing. Point. You can't fix it. That's and good. if it's you, you can at least, like, kind of suffer it quietly, you know, and there's some dignity in that. But when it's your kids and they're hurting, like even people that have babies, remember when you have a baby and a baby's sick? Yeah. Baby can't talk to you. Baby can't tell you. That's the worst. Dogs. I, I got that. What is that? I got that 19 year old dog. Spike, there. Spike and Jerry. You know, One eye. Show no teeth. <laughs> can't hear. So Jerry took over the promo the other day <laughs> on Instagram. You can follow Spielman and Hooli on Instagram. So I, I just know that there's other um, other parents. And I, it'd be interesting through the email or, or yes. Twitter. Or, what lessons, I, I would love to share some of these. What lessons have your kids taught you? That's a great question. What lesson? And we'll tweet that out. We'll put that uh, yeah. on the show page on SpielmanandHooley.com where you can find show content, show notes, things like that. But that would be great to have well, uh, people tell us what lessons their kids have taught them. And she also gave me this verse, and it's in Proverbs 24. It's 2410. And this kind of uh, humbled me a little bit, and it made me think and reevaluate. And when I, when I'm dealing with work or issues or whatever problems have, before she planted this verse in my head, and it's, it's Proverbs twenty four ten. If you falter in a time of trouble, how small is your strength? 
Mm. If you falter in the time of trouble, then in other words, dad, Everybody you're freaking out in this time of trouble. Yeah. Quit being a weak. Everybody can <laughs> handle the good times. Could be, could be the weak punk and toughen up, bucko. Yeah. So I guess she's taking over the role from someone else who used to fill that role with you and someone well, I, now I, who's filled that. Yeah, role. I, I have yes. somebody that yes, fills that role. I know you do. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I, uh, I just thought to myself. I mean, when when you know your kids are teaching you life lessons, it, it's really. It's given me peace. It's allowed me to sleep because our whole thing is as dads, right? As dads, you're the great protector. I, I take that very seriously as you do, as I'm sure every Absolutely. dad or even mothers. I mean, mothers are, I think, are even more protective. But dads take it personal. Mother in. Yeah. But dads take it personal. Yes, we do. And mothers just are, they don't take it personal. They just, they just go to work, right? So I took it personal. So I was in the tank and she's, she's basically telling me, hey, man, if I can't count on you in time of trouble, dude, you're weak. That's what that's what she's saying to me wow. by sharing that verse. Well, I mean, you know, let yourself up a little bit. You've raised her uh, to get right. to the point where she's done that. So well, I, I, I mean, you didn't screw it up. I think it's the like, fact that it's great when your kids reflect back the values that you tried to explain. I, I, yeah, well, I think the fact that you know she's teaching me lessons. She, you know, she wasn't born some saint. You know, she's learned hopefully along the way. I like to think that my Actions were <laughs> better than my words a lot of times. All right. I know that's to be true. So. Yeah. All right, let's do two more emails, then we'll get out of here okay. today. Uh, let's uh, go with uh, Arnie in Medina, who says, Do you see Hugh Jackson back in the NFL next year, if so, as a head coach, as a coordinator, or as a position coach? He's so QB coach and DB coach with the Bengals. There was an interesting article that came out on Hugh Jackson. I don't know if you read I did not see it. Where was it? it? When he was left the Browns, uh, he was in deep depression. He mm. was in a dark room for three days, this according to Hugh Jackson. This was when his, I believe his mother and father had passed yeah. away in pretty short order. Yeah, and then, but also his failure as, as, mm. the, mm -hmm. as a Browns coach. And it goes to show you that, you know, I can go back to that verse if you falter in a time of trouble, you know. Uh, how weak are you or, or how, how small is your strength? And not saying that people don't go through that because I've been in dark places many times, right? But I do think this. I think that uh, Marvin gave you last year an opportunity. Mm -hmm. I think that I, if I were head coach, uh, he's had success as a position coach. He's had some success as a, as a coordinator. Mm -hmm. He understands the game and he knows the game. Some guys aren't meant to be head coaches. It it's, doesn't mean they can't coach. It's just a different mentality and i don't think that was cut out for hugh but i do think offensively it's not like he doesn't understand football and i think he can help guys in the position i i i, I wouldn't i would think that he'd be a great hire at the collegiate level or the nfl level uh i'll tell you a guy who i think is not cut out to be a head coach pat Shermer, new york giants we'll see we shall see i disagree with you i know you do what? Because you're, you're just relating that to when he was with the Browns. So I do not believe. That. I do not believe he has the quick thinking uh, to handle being at a podium speaking for an organization. And I believe the longer he's up there with this Eli Manning, Daniel Before Jones thing, it's <laughs> going to be not. Is he going to snap out? Pretty. Yeah, it's just not going to be pretty. Not going to be pretty. All right, uh, final email comes from Phil in El Paso. Phil, all the way from El Paso. You get the long-distance award today. He says, Chris, you probably had some new coaches with the 
Detroit Lions. Uh, what has to happen for new coaches in Cincinnati, Cleveland, and the Buckeyes to be successful? Is there an intangible that a new coach needs to transition to a job? Uh, great question. And uh, I think everybody has to buy in quickly. And the quickest way to get people to buy in is, is to start fast. Now, for Ohio State, it's a little bit of a different mm-hmm. ball game because Ryan Day, of course, coached the Buckeyes last year while Irvin yep. was serving his suspension. Self-imposed suspension. I think with Freddie Kitchens, I think the players believe in him. But it's still – that was kind of a honeymoon period. Everybody was – there was no pressure to win. No right? pressure. So None. they were able to play well. How are they going to play with pressure? How is he going to handle the Well, Freddie Kitchens was an OC, right. one head coach. Yeah. So. so we'll see. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but we'll see how he handles that. And I think John Dorsey understands the pulse of the team. He made a hire that was best for the team. But I'm anxious to see how they respond. Was Zach Taylor? I, the Bengals are their own entity, are they not? They I mean, are. They, they operate thirty-one other NFL. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that just remains to be seen. But it's if you have early success, it makes it easier for guys to buy in. I think the the, the tell is when things go awry. So, for example, in the NFL, if you have injuries, how do you respond to injuries? How does your team respond to injuries? Because you look at the NFL rosters now, how they're made up. Right? There's no there's no middle class. There's high class and there's low class. As far as salaries go, yeah. there's guys that are getting paid a lot of money and everybody else is getting paid average to low money. So how can you fill in if you have injuries? Remember, there are backups in the NFL for a reason. Just watch preseason games. And if you have to play a backup more than three games, you're in trouble. And if you have two of those that add up, for example, the Detroit Lions uh, in their game will have lost their starting center, Frank Ragnow, number one pick from 2018. They're starting middle linebacker, Jared Davis, number one pick from 2017. How are they going to be responding to those injuries? And can they absorb that loss over a period of time? So to answer your question, I don't think there's a magic formula. I do think the test is if a team comes through a trial okay and they respond well, then that will give you your answer on how teams will respond to new head coaches. Uh, We will be back Wednesday, hopefully with more answers, because we'll have Ryan Day's first press conference to evaluate. Looking forward to the game on Saturday. Uh, You'll be preparing for Lions and Browns. Uh, We'll have uh, the latest, if there's any uh, late news on Zeke Elliott's holdout or anything else NFL-related. Remember, pretty much any podcast platform, you can subscribe. We'd really love for you to subscribe. Listen. It'll help us with sponsors, which, you know, we need sponsors. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we are thrilled to be back. We do want to interact with you, so uh, email us, SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com. Can I uh, make a request to anybody listening? Of course. Uh, email a, a – if you have one, you don't have to. I mean, again, this, this is just – it's interesting to Bruce. It's interesting to me. It might be interesting to others out there. If there's a, a verse that you have, I shared a verse today, Proverbs 24.10. Mm-hmm. If you falter in time of trouble, how small is your strength? If you have a verse or something like that, and maybe we can share how it applies in our lives. Yeah, we can certainly share them on the website yeah. and uh, pick a couple. Or whatever. But, I, yeah, I would, I would just like to like to do that. And, uh, you know, I, I just think it's uh, as, you know, we all have our troubles and issues and things we deal with. But, uh Hopefully this uh, podcast will be an outlet and a release. It's fun for me. I mean, sit here and talk football and other things. Well, when we talked about doing it, we said we wanted it to be an encouragement, have impact, yeah. and entertain people. So that's the goal. Looking forward to it. All right. Everybody have a great day. We'll talk to you again soon.
همان 